Welcome to Farm Focus, a podcast by the Pennsylvania Farm Bureau. I'm William Whistler. This week on the podcast, I talked to Charlene Espenshade, the Executive Director for the Pennsylvania Friends of Agriculture Foundation, about the different things that the foundation is doing as the new school year gets underway. Joined this week on the Farm Focus podcast by Charlene Espenshade. Uh, Charlene, you're the head of the uh, Friends of Agriculture Foundation here with Pennsylvania Farm Bureau. Uh, if you could just give a brief description to introduce yourself and talk a little bit about the uh, the foundation's year so far. Sure. Well, it's great to be here, um, and it's always fun to talk about what we're doing here at the foundation. Uh, for those who don't know anything about the Pennsylvania Friends of Ag Foundation, we are the educational nonprofit for the Pennsylvania Farm Bureau. Uh, we've been uh, in existence since 1986, uh, started with an idea by the leaders back then that they really wanted to put an emphasis on ag literacy and getting consumers to understand where their food comes from, the importance of farmers in their daily lives. And so from there, we've just totally evolved uh, to have a wide range of programs. Probably the one we're most known for is our mobile ag ed science lab, but we do other things such as Educators Ag Institute, Ag Literacy Week, and then we are always involved in things such as Ag Progress Days, Farm Show, and support other outreach opportunities as they come out through the year. Yeah, and a lot of uh, opportunities there to kind of, you know, bridge that gap for, uh, for people and, you know, especially young kids to try and connect them more to their food and, and these kinds of things. Obviously a very important uh, thing to have, but what is, you know, maybe that opportunity and that need just to connect people with, uh, with agriculture? Yeah, but I think one of the big things is, you know, kids obviously do have an understanding of some of the basics. Like they realize that, you know, like when you think of garden vegetables, you know, they have to grow and then they have to be picked and then things like that. But what a lot of kids are fascinated with through our programs is this discovery of how agriculture is a basis in other things, such as you think about biofuels. No one thinks automatically that, hey, corn and soybeans can be used for fuel or to make renewable plastics things like that or that cornstarch might be found in cosmetics. So some of the things we've discovered is kids don't realize maybe those wider agricultural applications, but more importantly, even just the jobs available in agriculture, you know, that farmers need other people to help support the work, whether it is someone to transport food products from the farm to be processed, processors, consultants, people in finance and that there's a real wide range of opportunities for careers in agriculture, plus also just a greater appreciation for what is happening on those farms in their neighborhoods. A lot of those kids, you know, they may drive by those farms, but they don't have any connections. But even more importantly is what's happening is when we're teaching the kids, they're taking that information home to their parents and they're sharing with their parents what they're learning. And that's just the ripple effect that we see with some of our programs. And as you mentioned, there's a lot in agriculture that maybe people don't think of or classify as agriculture, and that education is key and something that, you know, is a big mission of the foundation and something you guys do a really good job of promoting. And getting to this time of year, obviously back to school, uh, if they haven't started already, a lot of kids starting this week uh, before the Labor Day holiday. So anything in particular in store for the foundation as we kind of start to uh, get back in the classroom? 
Well, the Ag Labs are actually on the road and heading out to different parts of the state as we speak. Um, we have six labs that we use and uh, we deploy across the state, which makes us unique. We're one of the larger mobile ag programs in the country because of the volume of labs we have. So they're in position and starting after Labor Day, we will actually be at schools in Pennsylvania ready to ramp up for the week. Uh, Paula Shoup, who is our elementary education specialist, she has been working along with Becky, uh, coordinating and getting all the things ready to get these school visits off and rolling we are looking at a really busy year of connecting with kids so I expect by the end of this school year we'll see about a hundred thousand kids again yeah that's a really uh, really big thing to hit that many uh, kids and be able to educate that many people and get that message out but for those that don't know what goes into the Ag Lab so when an Ag Lab comes to your school what is that program like and what can okay. you know the children kind of expect? Well the easy way to explain the program is I say it's a field trip to the school parking lot because what we do is we have our our mobile Ag Lab trailers that are we have haulers that deliver them to a school we park them either most times is in either a parking lot or at a athletic field somewhere on the school property and then the classes work with our staff to build a schedule um, we have more than 30 lessons on our Ag Lab, all based around different topics from environment to food to nutrition to all of them are based around a STEM concept so that's very hands-on science which is a big thing and they're designed to have kids go on an exploration of a agriculture question. For example, can you grow plants without soil in our hydroponics lesson, which the kids really like doing because they build a small hydroponic system and then actually get to watch a bean or a pea plant grow, which for a lot of kids is very exciting. But the neat thing is, is we work to build that schedule, but also for the teachers at the school, sometimes the advantage is, is we can bring in these activities that they can't do in the classrooms because we are set up to do experiments on the lab. And depending on the school, maybe they don't have a lab in an elementary school. So they can come out, we can pro we provide everything. We provide all the materials, we provide the teacher. All we ask the school to do is work with us to build a schedule and you deliver the kids out to the lab. And most of the kids are so excited to go out there because one, it's hands-on learning and that is always very fun for the kids it's always at the end of the activity they get to have something to take home that's one of the things we're really big about the projects is they go home whether it is like a young child maybe they get something that's a little more story-based if they're a kindergartner and they might make a necklace with different things to talk about what does it take to make a garden or a farm grow, grow products or as we get up through older students where they maybe learn how to make crayons from soybeans or a hydroponic system or they become pretend to be an egg inspector where we walk them through what it's like to check egg quality and maybe see what a career like that may look like. So it's very, very the idea is to provide them a unique experience. And all of our lessons are targeted to Pennsylvania education standards. So that also means for the teacher, we might be helping them to teach a key educational concept that they might be struggling with. Yeah, and there's a lot of benefits into having that and to have that, you know, hands-on experience as well with that. That's something that you can't really uh, take for granted. I mean, just having an opportunity to get um, the message in front of kids and allow them to, you know, build these crafts or whatever it is with that particular lesson. But what kind of comes from those lessons? Like, where do you, uh, where do you come up with some of these mm -hmm. ideas for these? And um, 
you know, how, how do you guys uh, go about putting that uh, curriculum together? Well, it's it's been a long process. Uh, some of some of our, our curriculum ideas we have borrowed or worked with other states that have similar programs, but some of our more recent ones, um, Paula, our educator on staff, has developed out, you know, we get an idea and then she starts building the concept. She will look at maybe some other ideas of things that have been done to, to create a lesson. The newest lesson that was created last year is called Steering Through the Shoots. It's based around the beef industry and also the work of Temple Grandin, who is, you know, pretty much the foremost expert in animal handling systems, you know, so that we can have low stress animal handling. It seems a little tough to be talking about that with kids, but at the same point, it's a twofold lesson. One, we're able to talk about someone like Temple Grandin, who obviously is autistic, and you know, showcase that. You know, some people may have looked at that as a as a challenge, but her her being autistic helped her really come up with a creative, new way to look at situations, and really revolutionize a whole industry on, on animal, how to move animals in a more low stress situation. And secondly, we then challenge the kids based on her concepts. We talk about the ideas of, you know, where blind spots or, you know, animals may have or what we call pressure points where how to make an animal move a certain way. And so using those ideas, we then ask the kids to take on the role of being like Temple and using wiki sticks and marbles and things like that on a paper plate. They build their own animal movement system and then practice running their their beef steers through it to kind of get some of that really hands-on tactile information and what we did this year to help our teachers teach that lesson is we actually took them out to a beef farm this summer so they could actually experience what the farmers are doing with their beef cattle so they can see an animal handling uh, um, set up you know for moving so that you can do shots or do animal evaluations as well as just to see what does the housing systems look like and that was very beneficial to our teachers as well because then they are able to better articulate that with the students. Yeah, that experience firsthand for teachers definitely would be helpful to, you know, be able to teach those things. And and a lot of your teachers, uh, obviously, a lot of opportunities to volunteer there. And a lot of your teachers have experience, whether as, you know, retired teachers or as farmers themselves or both. A lot of people have both. But uh, what are those opportunities that you guys offer for, you know, people to volunteer and and do those things? Yeah, so obviously we have our our teaching team is a paid team and we're always looking for teachers. So if you're looking ever for an opportunity to possibly come work for us, uh, definitely check out our website. We have all the details of qualifications to become a mobile ag ed science lab teacher. But for people looking to volunteer with the mobile ag lab program, um, we have our website, we have a full schedule posted on our website of all the schools we're visiting. And we always ask when we do visit a school, the one request we have for the schools is we like to have a volunteer as well as the teacher in at the lab, mainly because it helps our teacher, you know, flip um, materials around if they have to change lessons, uh, help with cleanup between groups. So if we have an ag lab in your area and you want to volunteer, contact the local school and see what you have to do because obviously each school has their own rules and regulations and background check requirements to interact with students. 
but you can always reach out to those local schools and work with that. We've been fortunate at some schools as they have an FFA program, a lot of times the volunteers are those young FFA leaders at the high school. They'll come down to the elementary or middle school and help out for a week as well. But that is one way for sure people could volunteer with the Mobile Ag Ed Science Lab program. And a lot of your lessons are you know, tailored to younger kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is kind of that age target demographic for the uh, ag labs? Yeah. Uh, we are a K through eight program, and uh, so and we have three different divisions of lessons. So we have some lessons that are designed for kindergarten through second grade. Others that would be primary, which would be like you know maybe first, second, third, and then elementary, third through fifth, and then middle, which is sixth through eighth. So we do have a wide range of lessons and targeted for the different age groups. How do you go about uh, reserving an ag lab for anyone interested that's listening that may want to do that? Absolutely. The easiest way is go to our website, which is pafbfriends.com. And if you go to our mobile ag lab tab, um, on there is a book of the ag lab button. And if you click on that and fill out the information, uh, our staff will get back to you to work on availability. We have limited weeks, so you can put in what weeks you would like to have the lab, but it might be full but we will let you know what weeks we have available to work with you. So definitely reach out. And I would say we are, we're getting pretty full. So if your school is looking to book an ag lab, I'd really recommend to get scheduled soon. And scheduling with that also presents a challenge. And with the, you know, with wanting to reach more kids, there's that need for expansion and getting more uh, ag labs. So this year we had our auction, mm-hmm. uh, just to try and raise some more money towards another uh, ag lab. So if you could talk about that and, uh, you know, trying to fundraise for that. Yeah, so um, what we're in is we do have six labs, but our oldest lab is about 12 years old, and it's starting to show its age. Um, We we are definitely kind of coming on to the end of the useful life of this lab. I always tell people the toughest thing about Pennsylvania is Pennsylvania winters and Pennsylvania salts. It's always, it's just tough on those labs. So... We are in the process of replacing our lab that serves South Central Pennsylvania as the lab that is is needing replacement. And so we did start start the beginning phases of, of, a, of a fund for that. And we hosted an auction back in July and we, we were able to at least get a good start. We had about $8,500 raised, which you know is a, just a small step to the 170,000 that we do need to raise. But I'm really excited. Um, definitely people are getting excited and there's a lot of positive energy. We're definitely getting uh, calls and interest. I know several county farm bureaus have already started making donations towards the build of a new lab because they really do value this program. It is a very unique program. And the thing I, I will say is post-COVID is a lot of schools have really turned to a program like this because it is difficult to take kids out for field trips. One, it's tough to get bus drivers to go with the kids, the logistics of getting the parent volunteers. This is a little bit easier. They can bring a special activity in. They're still learning. They're still getting a different change up in their school day and getting a positive experience. For example, I know several of our teachers talk about going back to schools. We have several schools that we go back to every year and they'll run into kids and they'll remember the lesson they did last year. And it's always a fun experience when you see that kind of knowledge retention from the last visit. Yeah, and with your uh, Friends of Ag Foundation, you also do a lot of things as far as not just educating kids, but educating teachers as well. And you know, the biggest thing that you guys do each year with that is the Educators Ag Institute, if you would like to 
uh, speak on that and mm-hmm. you know what that entails. Yes, I'm so glad that we were able. This is the first year in a couple of years we were able to get back in person. We had been virtual of 2020, 21. Um, we were virtual because just uh, it just wasn't working out to to get back in person last year. So we were really excited. 2022 was our first year back in person up at State College. We had over 30 folks attending. It was really a great time. The teachers, what's really neat is the teachers really get a deep dive into agriculture. So for many of these teachers, they some do have an ag experience, but most of them are connected to us either through county farm bureaus or past uh, attendees have encouraged people to attend and say, I think you would really enjoy this. And so they come to State College and we take them out on farm tours to all sorts of different farms. We go, go to several of the Penn State research farms, which is an additional benefit in addition to seeing a commercial farm. With seeing research, they can learn like what's really happening in a research setting and why it's important, you know, why, why we have to do research so that our farmers can improve but also it gives that science exposure of, oh, you know, maybe they haven't maybe seen agricultural experimentation in that sense. And it's neat to be able to see like there's feeding trials, like how do we improve animal feed quality? Or how do we, you know, like we've tore a wood lot and you know, how do we keep a, our woods healthy, which you don't think of maybe a wood lot as an agriculture product, but here in Pennsylvania, wood is like, that's a huge, that's a huge industry here. Lumber is a very big industry for a lot of folks, and for a lot of farms, it is a it's a financial resource because you can manage your forested lands to also make an income. And, but there's a lot of pressures there, and so having that opportunity to learn about the pressures and and then the whole environment ecology. Plus, we then bring in our industry partners from the different like uh, Center for Dairy Excellence, um, uh, folks uh, from pork and poultry and also some of our agronomy folks together so that they can also maybe get some other resources to take back home. Um, for example, the Adopt-A-Calf program from Center Dairy Excellence, a lot of our teachers get very excited to learn about that. And oh, and that, it's always our favorite part in our world is to see them open the program and literally there'll be 30 teachers already signed up day one because they're just waiting for the opening of that because they want to adopt a calf for their classroom. But I think the other power is the connections those teachers make to each other and also the leap of faith they make to learn how to teach agriculture, especially maybe those topics that aren't maybe as familiar to them. You know, many teachers, it's a lot easier to teach things like about plant life cycles because you've grown either flowers or you've grown tomato plants in a pot or maybe you've had a small garden. So, you know, it's a little easier to relate to. But when you start talking about commercial ag crops, like like I call agronomy, that might be a little harder, or nutrient management that happens with animal livestock, or even just to understand why we do what we do in modern um, animal agriculture systems, just to have a better understanding of it is, is significant. Um, and it may, and to know where they can go get factual information. And that's what we really try to be is, in addition to giving them comfort level with the topics, is also to learn that we are a resource. One of the things we have is we are the state representative for the National Agriculture in the Classroom Program. And what that gives us is we have what's called the Ag Literacy Matrix, and it's available on our website. And that is a whole library of different agriculture lesson plans that teachers can go search through 
and help them maybe if they want to teach a topic they're not comfortable with, they can go find something that's already been crafted for them. I know for us here at the foundation, we used back when avian flu was was happening, we pulled avian flu lesson plans and highlighted them in our newsletter just to say to teachers, here's a resource. If you want to talk about biosecurity with your kids, here's a way to talk about it so they can understand why biosecurity is important. You know, this is what avian flu is. And so they can at least have a starting point with that. I mean, we don't expect all teachers to do that, but it's the idea if it's something they're trying to tackle the conversation about, we have those resources for them. Yeah, and having a real-world example like that in the present time is very you know, key for students to really get a grasp on what's going on mm-hmm. in, uh, in the world as well in agriculture. But there are some other benefits, I know, from Educators Ag Institute that you, that, uh, you didn't mention as far as uh, for teachers. Aren't there some things that uh, teachers get back in incentive for attending, whether it's uh, credits or different things? Absolutely. Um, we are certified through the Pennsylvania Department of Education to give Act 48 credit hours, and that's a certification requirement. The teachers always have to be doing continuing ed. So we offer between you know 26 to 30 credit hours. They can up their volume because in addition to their class classroom time and tour time, the teachers also have the opportunity to develop lesson plans, unit plans, or do uh, reflection uh, reports that we can also add in to give them additional credit hours. So it's a really great opportunity for them to collect some opportunities to do that. But by and large, like a lot of them come just because they are really wanting to expand some insight on some things they can bring into the classroom. Yeah, one of the things that you guys have coming up now, a lot of uh of your schedule for 2022 has kind of gone past, but uh, one of the big things coming up now is your uh, trivia night. Yes. If you'd uh, like to talk about that a little bit. Absolutely. It's a fun time. You know, we do in addition, you know, to doing things for education, we also like to, with the County Farm Bureau members, is an opportunity to raise awareness to what we as the foundation are doing. A lot of times, um, you know, they maybe aren't always sure what exactly we are doing. So we use Trivia Night as one, a way to gather everybody together for a fun time, as well as a time to talk about what we've been doing for the past year as a foundation. Uh, Trivia Night has been a really nice add-on to annual meeting because one, it's a fun night. It's it's designed to be, you know, it's, it's just like your typical Trivia Night that you may go to a restaurant for. So you get a group of people together and you come up with a fun team name. We haven't quite settled on the theme yet. We're working on it, but we get a theme together. So we encourage everybody to get the costume up and, and then we just have a really fun time, a friendly competition. The Golden Rooster is is highly prized. Our counties really enjoy competing for the opportunity to have the Golden Rooster and bragging rights for a year. It also does a nice, it gives us a nice opportunity. We do raise a little money with it, but for us, it's just, it's mainly a, a good fun awareness night. And I know a lot of County Farm Bureau members either enjoy participating on teams or just come to watch after the annual banquet i would definitely say if anybody's interested gather a team together we'd love to see more teams we can take up to 20 teams and i'd love to see all 20 tables full this year yeah very cool that's a definitely a unique way to get people involved and and those kinds of things and you know leading into october and some of uh, next year obviously your big thing each each year is ag literacy week and that's a really unique program where uh individuals and volunteers can go in and read to students and uh, obviously that takes a lot of planning, a lot of practice and just getting through but if you want to 
you know, tell people that don't know about Ag Literacy what it is and how it works. Absolutely. Ag Literacy Week is uh, is probably, it is, it's, it's a fun week. Um, it always happens around National Ag Day in March. Uh, but what we do is we always pick an ag accurate book every year. Um, some have been more general in focus, others have been maybe a little commodity specific, but the real key is we want to get an accurate agriculture book in elementary classrooms. Um, let's just be honest, uh, if you look at a lot of books, um, I know even when I was raising my kids, the books look like farms in the 1950s. I mean, they're classic books. They're some of them I owned because I, I had them as a kid and really wanted to have my kids have them. But it's not what a farm looks like today. And, you know, and there's no talking animals on a farm. Or, you know, so we really want to showcase books that really tell a solid story for agriculture. This year's book is a very fun and different book. Uh, was written by a Virginia Farm Bureau member. Um, she is a teacher and married to a beef farmer in Virginia. Um, and it's called The Day the Farmers Quit. Uh, the book is designed around a young boy who doesn't realize, but he is having a really bad dream in the beginning of the book. And it is he wakes up and all the farmers have gone on vacation. So there's no farmers, they're all gone, so there's no food, there's no clothing, there's all these things are not getting done and this child is like panicked because where, where have they gone and wakes his parents up saying, what are we going to do? And then ultimately by the end of the book, he's like, <coughs> we, need to, we need to write thank you cards. We have to get the farmers to come back. And then he wakes up, realizes it's all a really bad dream. The farmers are still there, they're all still working. But at the end of the book, they, they gather and he and his family put together a thank you appreciation dinner and invites all the farmers over to say thank you so much for what you do. And I think with the challenges uh, farmers have seen, this has definitely been a roller coaster year for farmers. I think they're going to resonate with the book. And I think kids will resonate with the book in that idea of resonating that, hey, farmers are important to make sure we have food, we have clothing, we have fuel, we have resources, and just to have that message of this is all the things farmers do, I think is gonna be a great book. But the real magic of Ag Literacy Week, in addition to the story, it is getting farmers into the classroom. Because a lot of kids, let's be honest, there's not a lot of farmers you know, around in communities anymore. Um, I know in my own experience, my husband and I have a dairy farm in Lancaster County, and my kids, a lot of times in their classrooms, they may be the only farm kid in their classroom. And you know, you talk about Lancaster County being, you know, the garden spots and all this agriculture here. But even in Lancaster County, you know, the number of kids that are, are farm kids, I mean, they're there, but they're definitely a minority. So a lot of the rest of the kids don't have connections to a farmer. When a farmer comes into a classroom, that is a prime time opportunity for a lot of kids to ask all of their burning questions. And I think that's the power. I know when I have done classroom visits, I may have a plan on how things should go. It never goes that way because once the kids have a captive audience of a farmer, all of their questions come out. They wanna know how how do you take care of your cows? What do you name all your baby calves? What about the tractor? When do you do this? They just are so excited to have someone to answer all of those questions. And that's what I think is the real magic is our farmers are able to talk to school children and provide them a connection 
to these farms in their communities. And also we know there's a lot of challenges for some farms out there. And I think when you can make those community relations with those kids and those families, that's, that's, that's the power and that's the magic is when you can connect that consumer with your farm and you can't ever underestimate the power of that. And Ag Literacy Week, we also provide teacher resources with the book. So also in addition to the, the farmer visiting, we're also handing the teacher additional resources so they can extend the learning with the book, with activities. So that's that's been an amazing program to watch grow and evolve. We're hoping for about uh, 1,500, yeah, 1,500 classrooms again this year. So that's a lot of classrooms when you think about it. Yeah, and a lot of, uh, a lot of unique things like uh, having that awareness and you know having an opportunity just to interact firsthand with, with those students really makes that special, as you mentioned. And I know that's very, uh, a very valuable program that you have. Mm-hmm. Well, and all of our programs, the, really the, the, the most powerful thing about all our programs, from the Ag Lab, Ag Institute, Ag Literacy Week, and the other things we do is, is just the power of, of all the donor support we have. I mean, what we were able to do would not be possible without all of our, our donors who believe in the mission of the foundation, um, the fact that they are willing to make those investments so that we can provide these programs really at a lot at a low cost. Most of these programs do not cost a lot of money and it's because of donor support. They really do cover a lot of the overhead to make these programs affordable and accessible for schools, for teachers, and even with County Farm Bureaus to engage with with educational opportunities. Anything else like on your website, pfbfriends.com, of importance that uh, you'd like to share or you know anything <laughs> else going on at this time? Uh, absolutely. Always just check it out. We always keep uh, news updates or check out our Facebook page um, or Instagram. We keep updates on what we're doing. Um, so definitely check out there for new information. And we always, if were there anything new going on, we always have it there. And it's always the easiest way to get a hold of us to get any sort of information, whether it's to email members of the staff or to get a phone number or just to get updates on what we have going on. Yeah, and lastly, you know, how can how can people make a donation if they're uh, if they're interested in doing so? Absolutely. First off, there's a couple different ways. One on our website, you go if you go to pfbfriends.com, um, there is a donate button right there, and you can do an online donation. Or if you want to, we we do take check by check. You can just mail it into the office, and or if you have any questions, just give us a call. We'd be more than happy to help you uh, with a donation. All right. Uh, thanks, Charlene, for your time. Uh, always great to hear about the awesome things that the uh, Friends of Ag Foundation is doing here and obviously making a big difference in Pennsylvania agriculture. All right. Well, thank you so much. I hope to talk to you with you soon again. If you enjoyed this episode of Farm Focus, please subscribe. More episodes are on the way, and all of our past episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on Podbean at pfbcast.com dot podbean.com. Thanks for listening.